Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, Mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's episode is sponsored by Elements Outfitters, located right here in Calgary, Alberta, with stores also in Edmonton, Banff, and Victoria. You can gear up your mini explorers in the latest Patagonia kids wear. Our personal favorites at Kids Who Explore are the fleece buntings and zip-ups, the snow pile bibs, down buntings and jackets. Well, let's face it, we love all the items that help our kids get outside. You aren't going to want to miss their beautiful new spring launch with bright colors to celebrate the new season. We love the planet initiatives that are woven into each clothing item. There is a variety of wear for the whole family, Yes, even those rad dads. You can find garments for activities like hunting, fishing, hiking, camping, and more. There is even a whole Western line with the offering of other brands like Filson. Follow along on Instagram at Elements Outfitters or at Patagonia Calgary or Patagonia Banff or Patagonia Victoria. And next time you're in the area exploring, drop in and say hi to the friendliest staff you'll meet or shop online at patagoniaelements.ca. Thank you, Patagonia Elements, for your love and support with our inclusion and planet cleanup initiatives here at Kids Who Explore. We are so looking forward to today's podcast. We have Jenny Carter on, who is the mama of a family of four brought together through adoption. Her husband, John, and her love adventuring with their daughters, Sally and Lily, both age six. They moved to Wisconsin in the fall of 2021 from Arizona. On top of that, she's homeschooling her kids who are currently in kindergarten. They are enjoying outdoor school and planetarium presentations weekly at their nearby nature preserve. We've talked about learning to love all seasons and the Carters got to try two new winter activities this year, including snowshoeing and ice fishing. They also adore kayaking, hiking, camping, and road tripping. Plus they can't wait to one day introduce the girls to backpacking. Jenny, thanks for coming on today to dig into something Adrian and I both admire so much, adventuring with multiples of the same age. Yes, and seeing as Lauren and I will soon be adventuring with two kids under two, this couldn't have come at a better time. We know that's nowhere near the same as twins, but I think your advice will still be super relevant to us and many others. We love having you and your family as a part of the Kids Who Explore, Explore Families. And we would love if you would start off by sharing a bit more about your family, your girls, and what you like to do outside together. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on today. And gosh, we just like to get outside and explore, really, whether it be just running around in the backyard or checking out a new hiking trail, uh, whatever it is, it's just what can we find new today? So it's all about adventure. Yes, and we love that so much. And also, we adore that the girls just have built-in best friends in each other. Yes, yes. I know it probably varies with age a little bit. Yeah. What do you find is the biggest challenge parent-wise adventuring with two young kids? Well, if we like rewind the years, it was the most challenging time was like right when they were learning to walk and going out by myself really wasn't a good idea because we were in Arizona and everything either is like sharp, pointy or poisonous. And so with two under two on the trail, it was like a bit of a, you know, you get this one, you get this one and kind of just like not protect them, but make sure they, they don't run into a cactus, you know? So it's kind of like tag team on the trail at that age. That would be the hardest thing. Yes, I can see that for sure. I have a friend who has twins and she was saying that, that she's always just recruiting family members or anyone to tag along. Anybody, yeah. I 
didn't start hiking by myself with them until they were about four because they would listen and I would give them, they always run ahead, always. Like even now they're like way far away from me on the trail most of the time. So I learned quickly to give them like, when we were in Arizona, it's like, okay, go hike to that saguaro and then wait. And then, you know, the other one would be behind or something like that. And then, you know, go catch up with your sister. So it was always like looking forward ahead. And I always like to be behind them so that I could, you know, keep an eye on both of them. But it was always nice to have like my husband in the lead because oftentimes there's rattlesnakes right on the trail. So it wasn't like I could let them go and be free and do that in a wise way. It was like, no, that's not going to work. So I was actually going to ask about that because you were talking about poisonous things. Living in Arizona, did you feel like you had to learn a lot about what was poisonous, what to do in those situations? Because, you know, in Alberta, we're all about bear safety and like big animal safety. But what were the things that you thought about there? It was actually pretty stressful because I didn't know anything about living in the desert. And basically, I kind of just assumed everything was poisonous because Even if we saw like a spider and we did get bit by spiders sometimes and they weren't like totally poisonous, but you know, you'd have like a welt on you. So I was just, I would just assume it was poisonous, like, and to watch out for it. So we had a, about a five foot rattlesnake on our front porch that the girls, I opened the door and they would always run to this one section that I always have, you know, girls wait there while I lock the door. So they ran out the door and went to their waiting spot. Well, that's where the rattlesnake was. Oh no. So yeah. So I learned don't go, don't send anybody out of the door until you check like the porch and then scorpions, scorpions, they can be inside your house. They can be outside your house and they're see-through like they're transparent. So for a long time, I would check their beds every night with a black light because you turn out all the lights and then you shine a a black light. And then if there's a scorpion in their bed, it will blow. So that was my routine for probably like two years. And what do you do when you find one? I call my husband and he, he kills it. I could never kill one. Yeah. And so luckily we only had, I think two or three inside our house. And then it was my husband's job to like walk outside of our house regularly at night with the black light and just kill them. (laughs) glowing scorpions yeah (laughs) that's terrifying yeah I know and and I think we had more there because we were like in a new construction area and it was like right at the base of a mountain and so I think we were disrupting their home and they were like all over the place so (laughs) oh no (laughs) yeah so the first year I was kind of paranoid and then you kind of just get used to it but I'm actually grateful to be in Wisconsin I think there's like less I'd rather have like I don't know, an animal or something that we can see. (laughs) Yes, that's fair. Did you, did you wear the girls when you were hiking at all when they were really little? So we wore them a little bit, but let's see, we wore them from about eight months until they started walking late. They started walking at about 18 to 19 months. So we wore them up until they could walk. And after that, they were just on the trail. We picked out a little half mile trail and it was like wider and that's where they started hiking. So it was like, 
I think it was under two that they were hiking that trail, like a little half mile trail. Okay. And you would each kind of carry them or would you yeah. ever take? Oh, okay. Yeah. My husband had one and I had the other one and we would just go. Oh, that's awesome. And it was really cute because they would talk to each other. Like if they were <laughs> hiking next to each other, they would be like pulling their hair and laughing and it's really cute. So they, they really enjoyed that. Oh, but, that's amazing. And we didn't do any, like, we actually went to REI and we're going to buy the big carrier. I think what you guys have, and that's what I wanted. And it was like, we're planning to invest in it. And then the REI salesperson, he's like, you know, I don't think you guys should buy these because you're only going to use them for a couple months. And he's like, you probably should just use what you have. And we we're like, Hmm. Okay. So we just used what we had. And then as soon as we took his advice and we just were like, well, we'll see how it goes. And yeah. we knew once they started walking, like there's no way they were going to get back in those carriers, like <laughs> not at all. So we were like, okay, we just saved like $500 and they were fine. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Adri's return on investment for hers is like it's probably free by now because she loved it. I know Collins this and she was walking like before 11 months was like, no, I am hiking this trail. Yeah. They're little personalities. Yeah. They just demand what they're doing. And, and that's, yeah. Turner's very like, I want to ride in my carrier. And yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, bye. I know. (laughs) I, I would have loved it. And if I had one baby, I probably would have had a nice carrier and I would have just gone more on my own and just went. But with two, I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you got the changing the diapers and the bottles and the food. Yeah. So, well, well, and even if you decided to wear one on your front and one on your back, then where do you carry a pack of any yeah. kind? So yeah. yeah. It so was moral just, of the story, have hiking friends. <laughs> yes, find hiking friends and yes. be okay. Like a lot of things I had to just be okay with. Like, okay, this is just a time where I'm not going to get to do learning to set aside like what I wanted and just do what the girls would excel in to make them it was about more about them being successful than what I wanted so that is a key tip because then it is more fun for you too exactly right <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that actually what about navigating emotions do you find with two kids the same age big feelings aren't always in sync with each other and do you have any tips for that yeah um hmm, that's a good question their emotions are never in sync there's either one that's like super happy And then one that's like either okay or kind of like, oh, I'd rather, you know, stay home or I don't feel like doing that today. But I feel like I'll just say, okay, well, we're going to do this today. And the other one kind of encourages one. So like, let's say Sally doesn't feel like going. No, no, no. We'll say Lily doesn't feel like going. So I'll say to Sally, I'll say, hey, why don't you go talk to your sister and share with her why you want to go to A, B, or C today. And so I just let them deal with it. And then usually they've come up with a compromise and be like, okay, we're going to go hiking today. And then later this afternoon, we're going to do this, this, and this together, like a craft or something that the other one wants to do. So they've learned the art of compromise like really early. Wow, that's incredible. So yeah, that's how it usually goes. And then like emotions on the trail is the same. Like, you know, you'll have one all gung-ho, like running and leading. And then the other one will be like, I'm tired or, you know, my legs are tired or I don't feel like doing this anymore. I'm done. And then the other one, I'll say, hey, you know, 
push your sister on. She, she needs a little motivation. And then the other one will come up and like cheer her on or walk with her, hold her hand or something like that. Oh, so they really balance off each other with navigating their emotions then. That's really awesome. Yeah. They, it seems like a natural thing for them. Yes. And if we can circle back on, on, uh, when you are hiking with them and keeping them going in the same direction, is there like a tip you might have for other parents with that? You mean like having one not run behind? Well, like it, getting them going in the same direction. So there's not like two kids running off in two different directions. And then you're trying to navigate oh, yeah. between them. I think I give them direction. Like, like I was saying, like hike to that saguaro or hike to that tree. And then yes. I have a goal in mind. So I do short goals, short goals. Okay. Yeah. And like, if we're, I'm reminded of a hike we would go on all the time in Arizona, they'd have benches and it's like hike to that bench. And so they're going that way. And then in Wisconsin, this was last fall, Sally is very independent and she is a fast runner and she did take off and it was very wooded and we had never been there before. So I knew she wasn't going to go too far, but she did get to a fork in the road. So I was like, I had to talk to her and that's when we reestablished like boundaries. So as they get larger and like faster than I am, um, we have to kind of reestablish new boundaries like frequently. Yes. They're probably testing your boundaries a lot. Yes. (laughs) Now that they're six, are they hiking a lot further? So they were, uh, we've kind of been in a hiking lull with the move, but the furthest we went was almost seven miles. It was like maybe a quarter mile short, but it was like seven, almost seven miles up a mountain in Arizona. Like they were rock stars on the trail. So yeah, even elevation gain, I can't remember how much, like 1200 elevation gain. So that was when we were hiking daily though. Like the girls and I would run up our mountain in our neighborhood almost every day. And that was a good, sometimes we would do a half mile and sometimes we'd do a mile every day. And then on the weekend we would do like the larger hikes like that. So yeah, I'd say almost seven miles. Now we're, we're doing just little hikes. And as the, the weather improves here, we'll get out more, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's beyond impressive. (laughs) Oh, thanks. And now that travels back on people's radar more, Adrian and I have experienced more travel with our little ones, but I cannot imagine that with the strollers and the car seats and all the things when they're quite young. So do you have any tips for traveling with twins when they do need all of those things? Oh, go with somebody. Yeah. Just like, again, you always really need another extra set of hands. Because, you know, I, we would, we traveled a lot when they were babies, my husband and I did, we went, you know, all over the place, whether it was a road trip or flying and we would bring their, we like to bring their car seats, like their specific ones. So I would wear a car seat on my back, like with the travel bag, he'd have one on his back and then we'd carry the girls on our fronts and then we would have the luggage. So there was no way I was going to do that by myself. I know people do, but I I just didn't want to go through that. So I was like, this is how it's going to be. We can either all go together or we'll just wait. We always went together and I would come, we have family in Illinois. So I would come for a couple weeks in the summers and stay with my mom. And my husband would just come with us and he would drop us off and stay for the weekend. And then he'd fly back and get us like a couple weekends after. Yeah. I feel like those extra hands, super helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so bring your friends along. 
Yeah. <laughs> offer, I even offered to like, you know, if I wanted to go somewhere I'd offer, I never had anyone take me up on this, but I offered to like, Hey, will you come fly with me and then just go back home? I'll send you home. <laughs> like I just would be willing to pay for somebody to come travel with us just, you know, to help us. So that's yeah. fair. That's totally fair. And you know what? It's like, it's all great until all of a sudden you run into delays as well. Right. And then you're like, yeah. oh man, what do you do with your, with the kids at the airport? Like it, it can be a lot on delays, right? Like it can really hinder, hinder travel for sure. And make a pretty negative situation happen. Yeah. I know Lauren got delayed there, um, on her travels just with all like the pandemic restraints and oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh um, yeah. And I always, I'm very interested in like nutrition and I made all their food. So whenever, even when we flew, I made everything for them and had it all like packaged in my little cooler and brought that on the plane. So, you know, it would have been really hard. Like if we had delays or whatnot, I'd have to figure out like what I was okay with feeding them in the airport, but that, that never happened actually. So oh, it's in, your it's, food is like artwork, honestly, like you make the most amazing little designs and everything with all oh. like fruit and it looks gourmet. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I actually uh, used to be a graphic or a multimedia designer. Oh. So since I don't do that on the computer anymore, I guess I just do it with food. It's a different medium for me. Oh, <laughs> so. Okay. I love hearing where people's inspiration comes from because Yes, I also love seeing your food. And that makes so much sense that like that is what inspires you. Because today I was talking to uh, Suitcases in Seattle and oh. she was saying because she has an accounting background, she loves spreadsheets for oh, all of her parts yeah. and adventures. And like she yeah. creates all these kind of bucket lists and spreadsheet forms. So that's her inspiration. So it's very cool to see. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I don't know why. I guess I just have to create something and food is always here. So it's like, okay. What can I do? <laughs> yes. So if you could share some takeaways for families that have young kids, you know, multiple kids taking them outside, is there any like big takeaways you can share today that will help other families feel maybe less intimidated to kind of get out with younger kids? Yeah, actually, um, I always prepare the night before. It's not rocket science, but I prepare the night before. So that includes like gear. I even like think, well, I check the weather and think, you know, what are they going to wear tomorrow? And what are they going to wear? You know, what layers do I need? Do I need bug spray or sun protection or hats or sunglasses? So I just get everything laid out the night before. And it's like little outfits for them, like either side of the couch I put them on. And so that they know what we're going to be doing. And then I'll pack their bags and their backpacks and whatnot and, and just have everything ready the night before. And I also think of what are we going to be eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks and just have that all ready to go. So that makes the morning, especially if you're going to leave like really early, really a lot less stressful. That's yeah. And especially when you get home from the adventure and then you just have food ready to go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Like if you have dinner already cooked for that night, it's like, okay, we don't have to go home and cook. Absolutely. So yeah. And okay. Those are fantastic takeaways. So much inspiration I'm taking from, we can do it. We can get out with two young kids. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's talk about your move. So you recently moved from Arizona to Wisconsin. How has that change been for you and the girls? It has been wonderful. We love Wisconsin. Like I can't tell you how happy we are here. And we haven't even like explored outside of our little area, but I've never met 
friendlier people. Like people are so nice here and we're loving the seasons. It's great to like look out the window and see something new like this week. Well, like Arizona was all consistently the same kind of hot and, and you had the same thing year round kind of. Whereas here, it's like we look out the window and this week we discovered robins and cardinals are visiting our yard. So it's kind of like, you know, the snow's melting, the grass is starting to grow. We're searching our gardens for flowers popping up. And so I just feel like every day is a new opportunity to see something different. So we are really loving it here. So you're enjoying the seasons and then the adventures that you're doing, like, are you still doing hiking or like, how has the adventure part changed? We're learning. So um, as Lauren had mentioned, we tried snowshoeing with the girls and ice fishing, which was new to all of us. So we're not so much like distant hiking like we used to do in Arizona. We used to pick like, okay, we're going to go three miles today or something. Here is more about like experience and let's try this. So I think we only hiked a mile snowshoeing, but it was like getting the girls on something new and trying that. Um, oh, it's so fun trying new things as a family for sure. Yeah. Just like getting out there and experiencing something for the first time. Yeah. And so, um, as spring, um, is around the corner, we're going to start going. I have a couple of state parks picked out that I, I actually grew up in Illinois. So we, I grew up camping in Wisconsin. So we are going to go hiking at these state parks and camping there. So that's kind of all like in the future this year. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. So more camping is on your adventure list. That's great. And then are you still planning on um, continuing homeschooling as well with the girls? Yeah. As far as they want to do it, I'm going to kind of let them guide it, but it's been going really well. Um, I, they, yeah, we're, we're in kindergarten, but we're kind of actually already, we zoomed through that and started first grade. Uh, math and science, and now we're actually moved on to second grade math. So um, it's kind of nice because we can go at their pace. So like they just kind of zoom through the math part, but with the reading, I can work on their phonics and learning how to read and take more time on that. So I love the flexibility and it allows me to go at their speed. And, you know, if they're, they need to take more time learning to read, we can do that. If they don't need to take as much time with the math, we can zoom through that part of it. I know I was asking you questions about homeschooling when you were doing more of the preschool stuff. So I will yeah. continue to love watching this journey. It is amazing to see. And I'm still trying to convince my husband oh. that I want to homeschool. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some inspo. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky. My husband is on the same page and and it's fun because he's really knowledgeable about history. So I'm going to have him do more of the history part. And he's very good at like storytelling and making things interesting. So he's going to do really well at teaching them history. And then I can focus on the other topics. So. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, that'll be fun. So is there anything else you wanted to share today about adventuring with twins or just anything in general? I think just get out there and do it and, and go without expectations. Like, you know, it's not going to be like hiking alone or, you know, when you're young and single or whatnot like that, it's all about the experience as a family. So kind of like, like reset your expectations and then just go and have fun and 
if you didn't make it to the top of the mountain, it's okay. And if you only made it like a quarter mile, it's okay. If you guys had fun, that's really all that matters. Yes. And probably every time you do it, then you just pat yourself on the back saying, we yeah. did this new thing. <laughs> Sometimes just getting out the door and like in the van is a success. It's like, oh, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> So where can people find you to follow along? On Instagram, we're Sally Lily, just at Sally Lily. Great. And then we're going to be ending today with our final three questions. So in the last few months, what was your best purchase under $100? Okay, so I have not purchased it yet. However, I am going to, as soon as we get to a state park, it's going to be a Wisconsin State Park sticker. And for residents, they're $28. And then you can get into any Wisconsin State Park for free. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And where does the sticker go on your vehicle or how does that work? Yeah, I think it just goes on your windshield. Okay. And it's annual or? Yes. And it renews, um, I think in December. Can you share a book, show, or podcast recommendation right now? So it's actually another Instagram account that I love. And her name is Dr. Anna Marie Temple. And she's a holistic pediatrician. She is amazing. I've learned so much about nutrition and just lifestyle and things for the girls. Like she'll discuss things like hidden sugars in food and, you know, you should buy this instead of that. And this is why, or uh, one week she'll talk about what toothpaste to use for your kids. And this is why. So she's, she's a very good teacher and she, she like no topic is untouchable for her. So for me, kids' health and like getting outside goes hand in hand. So I want to do for the girls, I want to have them as healthy, eating as healthy as possible and using natural things so that we can be healthy and enjoy the outdoors more. So, so I love her Instagram account and she does YouTube videos and things like that. Jenny, I love that recommendation. I just signed up for one of her courses. I need to now find the time to do it, but it came with her book as well. So I'm excited. Yes. Yes. We will link that up in the show notes as well. So if there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? Okay. So this one's going to sound like you just see it all the time on Instagram. So I, I feel like it's ordinary, but I would love to do this. I would love to get an RV and pull a car, a little car behind it. And I'd love to visit every national park in North America. So um, I just think that would be so much fun. That would be magical. <laughs> and I know it'd be really expensive because of gas and, and all that nowadays. But um, yeah, I would want to go to every national park, even including like the ones in Alaska where you have to fly into or whatnot like so. That would be really fun. And, and yeah. Would you track like the national park? Would you have a map or would you have like a bucket list checklist or how would you? I would do probably do, knowing me, I love to plan. So I would probably just have it all mapped out and, you know, top three are we, oh, this is another thing we do. We like, we'll ask now that the girls have opinions and stuff. It's like, okay, here's kind of what we can see. What would you want to see in this park? So we did that with Zion National Park. And the girls love to climb. I think it's called, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a staircase rock feature. And so when we went camping there last year, they were like, we want to climb the staircase. And so that's what they both wanted to do. So that was like our top priority when we got to Zion is let them climb. And we did that like three times while we were there. 
So yeah, making a bucket list for each national park is what I would do like for all of us. Oh, incredible. That's a great idea. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today and being a part of uh, Kids Who Explore and sharing all of your tips. It was fun to see you guys. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.